and welcome to this week's Fact Checker podcast. Uh, my name is Michaela Ram. I'm the Gazette's healthcare reporter. I'm Erin Jordan. I'm an investigative reporter. And I'm Marissa Payne. I'm the Gazette's Cedar Rapids government reporter. Thank you for joining us for another fact check this week on the Build Back Better Act, the $3.5 trillion legislative package proposed by the Biden administration and currently under uh, negotiations from the Democrats in Congress. So it's a bit of a doozy, which is why this fact checker is sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts Coffee and Tylenol. <laughs> I tried my best with it. Hopefully the, the team thinks that I did an okay job because I'm not a tax policy expert and I'm sure our beloved readers will let me know if I get anything wrong. So today we are going to be checking a statement made by U.S. Senator Chuck Grassley about this Build Back Better legislation, specifically on the uh, proposed tax increases and tax cuts um, under this legislation. Um, Right now it's estimated that there's going to be about $1.3 trillion in tax cuts and $2.3 trillion in uh, tax increases to finance things that the Democrats hope to implement, which include free free universal preschool, um, lower prescription drug across other priorities. But we won't get into that too much. Um, We're going to talk about this uh, claim from Chuck Grassley. He tweeted on September 27th, Democrats pledged not to raise one penny of taxes on people earning under $400,000. Don't believe it. Nonpartisan joint tax committee analysis shows no income group is safe from Democrats' reckless tax hikes. Over 12% of taxpayers with income, 50 to $100,000 would see a tax hike, and 35% of taxpayers with incomes of $100,000 to $200,000. All right, let's get back into it. So I, for background, last month, the U.S. House and Ways, Commi- Ways and Means Committee released draft legislation of this budget reconciliation bill that included these proposed tax breaks um, as well as tax increases. Um, so the, the first part of Grassley's statement refers to the proposed tax increase in the top tax rate under the Build Back Better Act, which would raise the top tax to 39.6% for individuals earning more than $400,000 or joint filers earning more than $450,000. Now, Democrats have pledged not to raise taxes for those earning less than $400,000, which is where the first part of that uh, Grassley statement comes from. So it is true that analysis conducted by tax policy groups have found that most of the burden proposed under these uh, tax increases will fall on taxpayers earning the highest income, uh, specifically those kind of earning the top five to one percent. And in fact, it's expected that 40 to 60 percent of taxpayers would see an average tax cut. Uh, It's estimated right now at about six hundred thirty dollars a year, according to the Tax Policy Center, which is a nonpartisan think tank. It should be noted, though, uh, just to kind of back up briefly, that the figures cited by Grassley, I also found them uh, cited by a number of other GOP ranking officials. um, And they seem to be kind of not only citing the same figures, but they all seem to be pointing to the same analysis, which was uh, published September 14th by the Congressional Joint Committee on Taxation which is a legislative committee uh, compromised of Congress members who review tax legislation. And Chuck Grassley is a member of this uh, group. So it makes sense why he would be citing this this analysis that his own group took a look at. So uh, according to an Associated Press analysis of Joint Tax Committee's report, um, nearly 17% of taxpayers would pay more in 2023 
And that does include those, uh, some individuals who earn less than $400,000. Taking a look broadly at this report, um, the figures in the committee's report show that on average, there would be drops in taxes owed for those making less than $100,000 a year in 2023 and 2025. However, um, the analysis does show that there would be a slight increase in the tax rate for taxpayers in income brackets between $50,000 to $200,000 for years 2027, 2029, and 2031. So it is true there will be a slight drop, but then perhaps a slight increase in the tax rate for those income brackets. However, there have been a number of experts that pointed out that there are other factors that could be contributing to that. And this uh, tax policy analysis does take that into account. Um, for example, uh, 2026 is the proposed expiration date for the temporary expansion of the child tax credit. That's that extra dollar amount that families get for children. Um, and others have pointed out that uh, individual tax cuts that were passed in a Trump administration-led 2017 bill will expire after 2025. So as a result of those two com com combining factors, those income brackets could see that slight uptick. Um, so it is true, Americans making less than $400,000 could see higher taxes. However, according to a number of tax policy um, analysis that I've read, uh, that increase is very slight. So it's expected that the bottom 80% of income earners will see a 0.2 or a 0.6% drop in after-tax income. So according to the Committee for Responsible Federal Budget, for a typical middle-class family, that amounts to $180 to $260 a year reduction in that after-tax income. So after they pay taxes, their income will drop either $180 to uh, $260 a year. So very slight. Um, and again, experts really want to emphasize that most of the proposed tax increases, increases under this legislation would fall on the wealthiest Americans. Um, according to the Committee for Responsible Federal Budget, which is that uh, right of center nonprofit uh, advocacy organization that does take a look at tax policies, according to that committee, 80 to 90% of the tax hikes, tax hikes would affect the top 5% of income earners. And for households that fall under that top 1% of income earners, as of 2021, they would face nearly an 18% reduction in their after-tax income. The American Enterprise Institute estimates that that amounts to an average tax increase of more than $100,000. So you can really kind of see the distinct difference here where the top income earners in America, their taxes would be much higher. They'd see that $100,000 a year, whereas a typical middle-class family would only see about $100 to $200, maybe $300 increase. Republicans have also argued in relation to these tax increases that the average American would feel an impact from the tax increase that's being proposed on corporations right now. Under this plan, that would include an increase of the top corporate tax rate to 28%, and there would be a 15% minimum tax on companies with more than $2 billion in net income. So the Tax Policy Center estimates that when corporations see a rise in tax, about 20% of that burden would fall on labor. And that includes impacts on wages or how much a company contributes to an employee retirement fund, things like that. So 
Senator Chuck Grassley, he is correct that Americans making less than that $400,000 benchmark set by President Biden could see a tax increase under the Build Back Better proposal. There's also argument to be made that other factors could also contribute to that reduction in income Americans can see. However, I think there's a lot of context missing. I mean, those tax increases would be very slight, less than 1% for most average income earners. And for the most part, the largest tax increases would be felt by the wealthiest Americans, which I think has been touted this whole time by Democrats that, you know, the wealthiest, the top income earners will really bear the burden of financing all of these proposals that we have. Um, so really, I thought this claim was misleading or at least lack context. But maybe before we get to discussion of the grade, I would love to take a moment and talk with the team and kind of see your thoughts and your feedback on all of these numbers that I've just thrown at you. Thanks, Michaela. I think the information that is here is good and it has, you know, it, it has all the information we need there. I'm confused a little bit about, and I, the way you're explaining it now makes more sense, you know, in terms of why we switch to income versus talking about taxes, you know, but I think that could be a little confusing to our readers too. I think what you're saying is that, you know, the taxes are being taken off of people's paychecks and that's why their income is less. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think it was the way I wrote it. Um, I tried to be true to whatever tax policy analyst I was reading. And some of them use that term after tax income versus, you know, percent tax increase. Um, I wonder if they sort of use it as a way, you know, that after tax income to show like, okay, this is the reduction that you would see in, in money you get to take home as a result of these taxes. Um, but I can certainly flesh that out a bit more in the story, just kind of what is the difference between, you know, just tax increase versus after tax income? Because I, I think that was kind of confusing me when I was first reading these, these tax policy studies too. Another question I have is of the people who are under that $400,000 bracket, um, will all of them see a slight increase? I know you said the increase is, is only a, like a 1% increase. Will all of them see it or is it just certain groups? So I couldn't really find a definitive answer on what groups specifically would see that increase. But my understanding of what I was reading about this is that it would not affect everyone. Um, I mean, I think Grassley speaks to that in his tweet that maybe 12% or 35% of those specific income brackets. But even then, I couldn't find any data that supported that specific statistic that Grassley was citing. Um, I'm not sure what calculation he or his team came up with to come up with that. Um, but generally, reading um, up on this tax policy, a lot of experts agree that only some would really see this impact of, of the less one less than 1% in tax increase. I think that would be good to emphasize maybe in the conclusion that the reason we're dinging him so significantly is that it's only some people below 400,000. And for those some people, it is less than 1%, mm -hmm. you know, so the way he's stating it makes it seem like it's, you know, potentially everyone or, you know, and we don't know the size of the tax increase, you know, and, and um, yeah, I'll, I have some other thoughts, but Marissa, I'll, I'll open it up for you too. 
Yeah, I mean, it it seems like Republicans are mostly um, kind of seizing on this as a, I'm not relying on the assumption that like by hiking corporate tax rates um, and making corporations pay more and, you know, wealthier individuals. I think the assumption is then that like the middle class and, you know, the average worker will see the impact of that in the form of like reduced wages. So I, I think that's like where, and I mean, Michaela, you kind of talked about this too, but that's like where the argument comes from for Republicans in terms of like making the framing this as a middle class tax hike. But then, I mean, interestingly too, as you mentioned, there's kind of the impact of the 2017 Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. And, you know, that is that kind of phases out in, in some regards, you know, the impacts of that will also come into play. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting, uh, sort of the timing of that and how Republicans are sort of pointing to that time period after that act, you know, expires, um, sort of pointing to that as maybe Biden's fault, which I think is interesting. Um, but yeah, to your point about corporations, I think um, the 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 tax act that you just mentioned, Marissa, I, I didn't really get into this as a fact check because I thought it was kind of diverting a little bit too much, but they did talk about how um, you know, Republicans cut tax to corporations and the thought that, well, your average worker will see that benefit because the company will be able to uh, afford to hire more people or afford to increase wages, et cetera. Um, but I'm not sure if experts have really seen that impact yet or at least seen uh, those cuts to corporations really translate to benefits for workers. Um, but it's interesting, though, that they sort of also on the other end of the spectrum have that belief that uh, more tax burden on corporations will translate to more burden on workers when the benefit didn't really translate previously. And that is that that right of center group that made that assessment, right? right? I think it's important to note that that you know it's not saying that they're lying, but they do come from a particular point of view um, on that, right? I think one thing that I think is interesting about this whole discussion about Build Back Better, which is going to be huge and is ongoing. Um, I just got a um, just someone had tweeted that there's going to be a live Bernie Sanders event tonight. Um, what's in the damn bill? Um, there's been a lot of criticism of the what they are calling the quote unquote corporate media, which, you know, we're employee owned. So I guess we're not corporate media, but um you know, saying that there hasn't been enough description of what is in the bill um, and what how people would benefit from it. Um, you know, there's something else, that, you know, we've got and you note it in our piece as well. But it, it's about um, family leave, community college, universal pre-K um, coverage, uh, child tax benefit, uh, medicines, you know, that kind of thing. And the bulk of it is being paid for, would be paid for by the richest Americans. That's kind of the, the you know, a point that Democrats think is not getting enough exposure. Um, but I, I think that if, if you're looking at getting all these things potentially for the communities and expecting that the bulk of Americans wouldn't see any sort of increase, like even a hundred to two hundred dollars, as you're mentioning, um, it, it, that that is interesting to me. That you know we would bemoan paying a hundred to two hundred dollars more for potentially quite a bit of benefit. 
Right. Absolutely. I mean, just thinking about what um, the child tax credit or even just free preschool could do for some families, I think that translates to um, a, a huge benefit when you think about like the cost of childcare versus paying 160 to $230 a year. Um, yeah, I, I do think that is kind of an interesting point. And some, a lot of the uh, tax policy analysis I also looked at, um, they're kind of estimating right now that um, the cost of all of these uh, spending measures, like you mentioned, Aaron, uh, is projected to be about $950 billion. And they think just raising the taxes on um, the top 5 to 1% of income earners will cover that. Um, so it is interesting that they've, they've sort of at least nailed that down, that piece down, if this, these proposals pass. I guess one question I did have for the team, too. You know, I mentioned earlier in Grassley's statement, those specific t- statistics, you know, the 12% of taxpayers and the 35% of taxpayers within those specific income brackets, didn't really focus that on that in my fact check, just because I wasn't sure what calculations they were using to come up with that total. And really, um, you know, I was looking at the same um, studies that that he was pointing to, couldn't really find how they found that specific number. So I didn't want to sort of grade him based on that. But I want to double check with the team. Is that okay? Or we think that's worth looking into a little bit more, maybe trying to figure out how we came up with that number. Did did you have a chance to reach out to Grassley's staff about that? Because I would think, I would hope that they would be able to say what specific, how they're getting to those numbers. I have not, but that is a good point. Maybe just reaching out to them and kind of asking about that specifically would help shed light on that. Okay, I can do that and then circle back with you guys on what I what I hear back. Yeah, because I mean, you know, if, since it is like a checkable number, if they're like, oh, we just kind of made that up, you know, that would be like probably grounds for an F, at least with like that part of the claim. Um, but I, I mean, I assume since it is specific, you should have sourcing for that. So hopefully that can help shed light and I mean, maybe even help the overall grade. And if it's, if it's from those reports that they cite or, you know, that you were looking at the same reports, I mean, sometimes like I'll, it'll be like a report that's like 120 pages and I'll be like, tell me specifically where it is, you know, or, or send me the thing that's in social media universe somewhere, because, you know, sourcing has to be a little more specific than that. And like Marissa said, it could improve their grade or, or, you know, it's important to maybe give them that chance. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, I will reach out then. Um, So maybe with that in mind, I don't know if we want to hold back on giving a grade then. Um, or if we want to hold back on kind of making that decision now? I mean, I like the direction you're going. And I don't know if we've told the listeners that your draft, you know, your draft has him getting a D for this. Right. right. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, I kind of gave um, heavier weight to the lack of context that Grassley provides in the check that um, only some taxpayers in those income brackets would see an increase. And even then, if they saw an increase, it'd be less than 1%. Um, so for that, I, I really gave him that D. I mean, with, I guess with his expanded, um, you know, those statistics he identifies in his tweets of like specifically which income earners under 400,000, um, you know, would be seeing a tax hike, um, you know, because he has the over 12% of taxpayers with incomes 50,000 to 100,000 and then um, 35% 
with incomes of 100,000 to 200,000. So, I mean, at least, like, there, he is, like, being more specific about, you know, which groups under 400,000. Um, so, I don't, I mean, I could see, you know, potentially giving a more favorable grade if he can, you know, if his team can point us to exactly, like, where that sourcing came from. Because then, you know, in that case, he's not making a broad claim of, you know, like, everyone under 400,000 would see this, but he is trying to point out that, like, some some will. Yeah, absolutely. No, that is a really good point. Um, maybe kind of depending on, on what we find, that could be a different grade. So we'll just put a tack in it and hopefully revisit with you guys here soon with that response. That sounds good to me. And I mean, this is like such a complicated check. I mean, he jammed a lot of stuff into those, um, what, 280 characters or whatever you're allowed in Twitter now. Um, but, uh, um, I think it, it builds on what we talked about last week, kind of about billionaires and this, but this check is like way more complicated. So I feel like I dodged the bullet a little bit last week. So thanks for doing part two. <laughs> glad, glad to do it. <laughs> no, but I have a feeling we, we might be getting more opportunities to do fact checks about this. I mean, just doing the research that I was doing for this, there was a lot of ads, a lot of, a lot of campaigns that are going out right now about legislation specifically about Democrats supporting tax hikes for middle income earners. So I imagine before too long, we're going to, we're going to see one in Iowa. If not already, yeah. maybe we already have one. Yeah. Well, I, I did, I did see a Cindy Axney ad that like kind of an attack ad on Sydney, Cindy Axney, you know, one of those ones, like tell her not to do, you know, that sort of ad, but uh, uh, I, I don't know that it has any checkable claims, but yeah, we're already, seeing some of that. Well, I know that we um, look to change things up a little bit next week, not do another one on this Build Back Better legislation, and maybe focus a little bit more locally. Um, Marissa, I don't know if you want to take a moment to talk about what you're thinking of working on next week. Yeah. Um, so on the Cedar Rapids mayoral campaign trail, there have been um, a number of different statistics or you know verifiable claims thrown out. Off the top of my head, I cannot list off what those are. Um, but I know, um, at least from um, both Mayor Brad Hart, uh, Women Lead Change CEO Tiffany O'Donnell, and True North Executive Amara Andrews, um, there have been some verifiable claims. Um, Amara has recently had some mailers go out um, with specific claims about her opponents. Um, so, you know, I know they, they've all said a variety of checkable things. So, um We'll take a look into some of those claims, you know, kind of pick which ones are the most verifiable and, you know, perhaps most significant uh, to shed some light on for our, our audience, our community. So we will be taking a look at that next week ahead of the November 2nd local elections. Yeah, that sounds great and very timely. I appreciate you taking a look at that, Marissa. That should be a good one. Um, but after that, we are looking for our next fact check. So uh, listeners and readers, please reach out to us if you see any potential fact checks for us to take a look at. Um, we'll, we'll do another Build Back Better if you find a good one. Um, and you can reach us at factchecker at thegazette.com. Um, otherwise, I think we are wrapping up right now. Um, this uh, podcast is produced by Stephen Colbert. Um, our fact checks are edited by our editor, Craig Jamulis, and our music is Lobby Time by Kevin McLeod. I'm Michaela Ram. I'm Erin Jordan. I'm Marissa Payne. 
and we will fact check you later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.